Well, good morning. How many say that was very interesting what happened about five minutes ago? You guys know I just turned 60. A guy my age can't really handle a shock like that to the ticker. You guys need to be careful. Um, speaking of turning and having a birthday, um, this coming Wednesday, my wife celebrates her next birthday. Her next birthday. My mama raised idiots, but none of them live in Idaho. How many know you don't give your wife's age? So her next birthday, and I don't know where she went uh, right there. Can we just put our hands together? God bless you, hon. Happy birthday. She's not going to be with us next week, so you're stuck with me without my wife next week. Uh, we are in a series entitled Ghosted, and uh, as our creative team just started dreaming about an October series, uh, this is kind of where we landed. And um, it's a very unique, I, I believe it's probably one of the m most unique titles that we've ever come up with, but uh, kind of something interesting, maybe you're not aware of this, but every campus pastor now, as of February, preaches their own sermon under the umbrella of the series. So uh, Pastor Izzy is here, and uh, I can't wait to hear and watch what he's going to preach today, but we're in a series called Ghosted. And I have just a little definition. Ghosted, you are a victim of ghosting if you one day realize that the person you've been seeing for two months is no longer replying to your text. The verb form is also widely used. It means you can date someone for a few months and then ghost. Dictionary.com defines ghosting as a practice of suddenly ending all contact with a person without explanation. When Ghosting, there, there, there is no breakup conversation. There is no thought of your well-being. They just simply ghost you. And uh, I've been ghosted a few times in my life. And uh, I, I will admit, it's quite painful to be ghosted. How many in the house you've been ghosted by a friend or maybe a family member? I mean, I, I, okay, shoot up. I know you're bold, you're brave. I, I've been ghosted just a few times over the course of my life. Um, and, and there's been several that, man, I, I just didn't see that coming. It's just, it's like they walked into my life and then they just ghosted me and walked out of my life and you, you never hear from them again. Very interesting concept, being ghosted. Um, I don't know about you, but as I'm maturing, I, I, I kind of am learning to trust the Lord a little bit more than what I used to. Um, is there anyone else you've been called a control freak? Don't raise your hand. I see, uh, I see many wives elbowing husbands right now. And I'm not saying I've ever been a, never been a, or, or ever been a control freak, but um, what I'm finding in my, in my walk with the Lord, I've been walking with the Lord for 39 years, is really the Lord wants us to go through life like this, to trust Him with every single thing that comes in to our lives, to trust Him in the good seasons and to trust Him in the hard seasons. Life really is about seasons. But as I thought about this, putting some mental horsepower, if you will, to this message, I, I thought, you know what? Jesus was very concerned about what people said about Him in the marketplace. Do you remember when He said, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And then He gets real personal. He says, but who do you say that I am? But it was interesting. The Lord wanted to know what was being said and spoken about Him behind His back. And I think there's several lessons in that. And here's one. 
Could it be that the people who have ghosted you, maybe a family member, a friend, an acquaintance, maybe you weren't hearing what they were saying behind your back. Maybe you just need to settle it that God, He knows the beginning from the end. Can you say amen? He's the Alpha and He's the Omega. Could it be that He saw the end and the end was far less than what He had for you? Could it be that person that tried to hurt you and harm you and ghosted you, they're no longer in your life because God's got something bigger and better in store for you. How many people are in the house are children of God? Can you scream amen? God has good things for His, chil his children. He, he really does. So if you've ever been ghosted, I don't know, maybe we can just settle it and say that's perhaps because God's got something or someone better for you. So... There's one, should I say, there's one that will never ghost you. I understand people walk into your life, people walk out of your life. But there is one that will never ghost you. And, and let me just give you some scriptures. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 28, verse 15, What's more, I am with you, and I will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land. Listen, I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything that I have promised you. How many want to claim that promise in Jesus' name? couple more. Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 6. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them for the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. People will walk into your life. People will walk out of your life. But God will never abandon you. Can we just put our hands together and say thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. I know you want a couple more. Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let's get some New Testament in here. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. The Passion Translation. Don't be obsessed with money, but live content with what you have. Let me just pause for a moment. Um... Let me read this again. And Kelly, I, I need you to look my way. Don't be obsessed with money, but live content with what you have. My wife's car has an autopilot. You hit it, and it just goes to the Boise Mall. How me feeling for me? Come on, give me some love. Um, I think it was Red Skelton. He said, I always hold my, my wife's hand because if I let go, she'll go shopping. So anyway, I don't know where that... Um, forgive me. But the Bible does say it. Don't be obsessed with money, but live content with what you have. Now listen, I don't know why I said that. I'm in trouble, trust me. For you always have God's presence. Anybody in the house grateful that we always have God's presence? He ain't about to ghost you. And the Bible goes on to say, For hasn't he promised you, I will not leave you alone, never, exclamation point. Now listen, he says, I will not loosen my grip 
on your life. People come, people go, but God will never loosen His grip on your life. Can you scream amen? Hey, how many parents or grandparents do we have in the house? Let me see your hands. You know, it's disconcerting to me when my, my, my children hurt and I can't be there. But how many recognize the Holy Spirit is there? And God will never loosen His grip on their life, on your marriage, on your finances. So don't you dare give up. You've come too far to give up. Now, we serve a God that will never ghost us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He will never loosen His grip on our lives. Can you scream amen? Now, uh, I was born again at uh, 21 years of age, so um, I I do have... Um, I do have about a year, maybe a year and a half of church in me when I was just a child. I, my grandma, my nana, she uh, was a treasurer of the little Thermalito Southern Baptist Church. And uh, I loved the Southern Baptist Church back then. And they had the best potlucks. How many know the Southern Baptists can do some potlucks? They have a love for God's Word. They, they truly, but, but I, I'm sure it's just this, this, this little Baptist church, but I learned as a child, I learned about God the Father. I learned about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. But do you know in about a year and a half of going there, not once did I hear the Holy Spirit mentioned. Not once. Are you demeaning a denomination? No, I, I'm not demeaning a denomination. That was just my personal experience. I understand it was probably just that Southern Baptist Church. So what I want to do, we're in this series called Ghosted. I want to talk a little bit about the Holy Ghost today. Let me try this side. I want to talk a little bit about the Holy Ghost today. Come on, can you say a good amen? Um, do you know that the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, is mentioned over 90 times in the New Testament alone? Over 90 times. But don't you dare for a moment think that the Holy Spirit is not mentioned in the Old Testament. He is very active in the Old Testament. He's active in the New Testament. And He is active today in the hearts and the lives of the people of God. Can you say amen? Let me give you just a couple of examples. A couple of examples. Um, uh, Number one, number one, the Holy Spirit. Did you know He participated in creation? The Bible says in Genesis, you can't even get, first book in the Bible, you can't even get out of verse 2 without hearing about the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. So, Genesis chapter 1, you can't even get out of chapter, or verse 2 until the Holy Spirit is mentioned. Next, number 2, the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament would come upon certain prophets, priests, and warriors. Let me give you just a couple of examples. Ever heard of a guy by the name of Joshua? Numbers chapter 27, verse 18. And the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, the son of Nun, with you, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hand on him. A man in whom is the Spirit. You ever heard of a guy by the name of Samson? Samson in Judges chapter 14, verse 6. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. Him. I think one of the things about eternity, when we get to see Samson face to face, you know, I think we're going to picture him as this big old muscle-bound guy that looks like me. 
Hey, if the secret to Samson's strength were his muscles, everyone would know. His strength, we understand, was was in his hair, but his strength, listen, friends, was that the spirit of the living God came upon him. Samson, in Josh, excuse me, Judges chapter 14, verse 6. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he tore the lion apart as one would have torn a young goat, though he had nothing in his hand. I ride mountain bikes, and I, I always go up in the wilderness, and I'm usually alone. And I'm just going to claim that if I ever see a mountain lion. Didn't go anywhere. I won't do that in the second service. Okay. Um, let me give you another one. Gideon. In Judges chapter 6, verse 34, but the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. So, the Holy Spirit, again, is mentioned over 90 times in the New Testament, but he is very, very active in the Old Testament as well. Can you say amen? So, just going to talk about the Holy Ghost a little bit today. So, who is the Holy Ghost? Well, he is the third person of the Trinity. We have the Father, We have the Son, and we have the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit is limitless and unfathomable. God's Spirit is everywhere at the same time. Hard to comprehend that, isn't that? I'm one person. I can only be in one place at one time. Unlike my mom. It seemed like my mama was wherever I was when I was acting up. How many had a mama like that? Mm Mm-hmm. But the Holy Spirit is not limited to time or space. He is everywhere at the same time. Zechariah the prophet says this, not by might nor by power, help me out, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Now, Might and spirit, excuse me, yes, might and power operate under the restriction of human capabilities. But the Holy Spirit operates at the discretion of God Almighty. I'm very, I don't know about, I'm very grateful that the Holy Spirit finds a place in every hungry heart. I'm grateful that the Holy Spirit is the one that reveals Jesus to sinners and they become saints. Can you say amen? I'm grateful for what the Holy Spirit does. So let's talk about that now. So what does the Holy Spirit do? We understand the Trinity, Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. We get that. But what does He do? Man, I'm so glad you're asking these questions today. He does so many things, but I've just narrowed it down to three. And I would encourage you to write these down. What does the Holy Spirit do? Number one, The Holy Spirit indwells believers. The Holy Spirit indwells believers. Would you go in your Bibles to John chapter 14? John chapter 14. A very, very life-giving portion of Scriptures. John chapter 14. I'd like to begin reading in verse 15. The Bible says, If... You love me, Jesus speaking. Remember our saying at CFC, read the red and pray for power. Can you say amen? So these are words that literally proceeded from the lips of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. How many recognize just two letters, but it's a big word? 
He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. In verse 16, and he said, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Now we're going to talk about that word. Uh, another helper that may, he may abide with you. What does your Bible say? Forever. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Notice helper, capital H, <laughs> that he may abide with you forever. How many recognize the Holy Ghost will never ghost you? He will abide with you on the count of three. Let's scream forever. One, two, three, forever. Let's just keep reading. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him for He dwells with you and will be, what does your Bible say? In you. Again, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon prophets, judges, priests, and warriors. But we are living in the New Testament. And Jesus teaches that the Holy Spirit is not just going to come upon you, but He's going to dwell where? In you. So let's continue reading. He said, The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And I don't know about you, but I love verse 18. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Can you say amen? So it, it's as though the Lord is speaking to his disciples then and his disciples now. I'm going up. The Holy Spirit is coming down. I want the disciples to go out and change the world for the glory of God, and I'm coming back. Christ went up. The Holy Spirit came down. The disciples filled with the Spirit of God are called to go out and make a difference. <laughs> and the Lord promises, I am coming back. Is there anybody else that you're grateful that one day the Lord is going to crack the sky and He is going to come and rapture the church and forever and ever and ever we will be with Him. Can you imagine the reunion that we're going to have in heaven? No more pain, no more suffering, no more cancer, no more tears, no cemeteries in heaven. I'm going to walk with my daddy again. I'm going to see our baby again. How many are grateful that the Lord is coming back? Can we put our hands together and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, now I want to talk just a little bit about verse 16, if I could. The Bible said, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. No, it's very interesting. <laughs> Excuse me. That word helper in, in the Greek is translated parakletos. Parakletos. And, and here's what it means. You're going to like this. It's a Greek word that appears only five times in the New Testament, four times in the book of John. So it only appears five times in the New Testament. And here's what it means. You are absolutely going to love this. It's worthy of a second offering. As a matter of fact, serve team, please come and take your place. 
Here's what the helper, here's what it translates in the Greek. It means called to one side. Have you ever just needed somebody to walk with you? Seemed like, man, I'm all alone. I feel isolated. Oh, no, Jesus prayed to the Father. The Father sent the helper, the parakletos. And what does he do? The, by, according to the translation, it means called to one side. You're going to love this. It means intercessor. It means counselor. It means advocate. It means comforter. That's who you have living on the inside of you. How many in the house are grateful? You've got the Holy Ghost living inside of you, and he'll never ghost you. Can you say amen? So the second thing, the second thing that uh, the Holy Spirit does is He empowers believers. He empowers believers. John chapter 14, verse 12. John chapter 14, verse 12. Jesus speaking, <laughs> most assuredly, I, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do. And greater works than these will he do because I go to my Father. Jesus went up. The Holy Spirit came down. The believers went out filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, it's very interesting. Very interesting. He says, greater works shall you do. And we know the Lord did some crazy works, crazy miracles. I love one of the Gospels said that, that even if every miracle that Jesus did were written, that he said, I suppose the whole world could not contain the books that would be written. How many know our Savior is amazing? Can you say amen? But we know Jesus went up, the Holy Spirit came down, but you shall, Acts chapter 1, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon, he empowers his people, and we know that on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came down. It was a birthday of the church. God birthed the church through the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, through the, 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 um, uh, the, the God just sending his spirit to his people. It's very interesting, and I talked through this maybe three weeks ago, that when Moses went up on the mountain, God gave Moses the law, and he came down the mountain, there's a golden calf, and the Bible says about 3,000 people died. God gave the law to Moses. The Bible says about 3,000 people died. And then 1,400 years later, on the same day, the day of Pentecost, where God sent His Spirit, the very first post-Pentecost sermon preached by a man by the name of Peter, the Bible said about 3,000 people were baptized. Now, I think I'm hesitating. I'm just going to say it because I do not believe that Jesus ever led 3,000 people to him while his feet were walking terra firma. But when he went up, the Spirit came down, empowered a guy by the name of Peter, and the first post-Pentecostal sermon, <laughs> about 3,000 people are saved. Greater works shall you do. You need to understand the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. And that spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that resurrection power that lives in us anoints us to do exploits beyond what we could do in the natural. 
How many love the Holy Spirit today? Can you say amen? The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. So because of this, listen closely, we can walk in peace amongst chaos. We can love in the midst of hate. We can have joy in the midst of sorrow. We can walk in faith in the midst of doubt. We can have hope in the midst of despair. We can have courage and comfort through the Holy Spirit, regardless of what this world is doing and saying, regardless of any situation you will ever find yourself in. Remember, the Spirit that is in you is stronger than anything you will ever face in life. Somebody scream a great big amen. you got the Holy Ghost living on the end. He indwells the believers. Can you say amen? Finally, and this is what I'm most excited to preach about today. Number three, if you're taking notes, the Holy Spirit, you're going to love this, intercedes for believers. Would you please go in your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. You have the Holy Spirit interceding for you. I don't know about you, but there have been times where it's like, Lord, I, I, I hope you got somebody praying for me right now. I'm struggling. Our first church in Parker, Arizona, we had a couple of prayer warriors. One, his name was Clyde. He's with the Lord now. Uh, we built a 400-seat auditorium, and, and uh, Clyde, we, we, he was a general contractor. We, we worked six days a week building it with our hands. But there was something significant about Clyde Whitaker. Clyde Whitaker, remembered his last name. Boy, when he would kneel at the altar and pray, mm -mm -mm, it was as though the hand of God would move. How many have someone in your life that when they pray, you know there's a direct connection? Let me see your hands. <laughs> New Christians, we, 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 we saw a radical move of God. We were there three years. We baptized 800 people in the Colorado River. It's just a move of God. And all these young Christians, they, were, they, were, they called them river people. Missing teeth, drugs just to destroy their physical bodies. And we saw a move of God through river people getting born again. Have you ever known somebody that so messed up, their outward appearance is just, you, you can just tell, boy, they've lived a hard life. Lord, please help them. We saw people change. Even their appearance would change. How many know the Lord can do that? Can you say amen? With these new Christians, I'd make sure whenever I saw Clyde in the altar, boy, I'd grab these new Christians. I'd say, I want you right there. I want you to kneel. And we'd have, you know, people kneeling on both sides just to hear him pray. Can I tell you? You have the Holy Spirit of God praying for you. I have a scripture and verse. I'm so glad you're asking these crazy, amazing questions. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27. The Bible says, likewise, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. Can you say amen? For we do not know what we should pray. As we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us. Would you circle, underline the two words for us and personalize it for you? The Holy Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. 
Now, he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Do you get that? I think in our flesh, we're fully capable of praying prayers that come from the flesh and are not rooted in the Spirit. <laughs> Selfish. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful the Lord didn't answer all my prayers. But the Holy Spirit intercedes and He prays, listen closely, the will of God over our lives. What you are going through right now, friend, you're not going through alone. The Holy Spirit is interceding for that situation, that loved one, your finances, that marriage that is... Listen, the Holy Spirit is interceding on your behalf. Can you say amen? I, I just... He makes intercession for the saints. <laughs> I used to be a sinner, now I'm a saint. Jack Hayford, one of my heroes in the faith, one of the greatest Bible teachers that's ever lived. He's got a great haircut and a big nose like mine. I just so identify with him in appearance. I remember at a conference that he was sharing, he said, you know, I was talking about, you know, we were once sinners, but now we're saints. He said, matter of fact, just everybody here, just shout... Uh, you know, I'm Saint, and then your first name. So we all did that, for instance. I'm Saint Monty. Matter of fact, let's do that. On the count of three, just say, I'm Saint, and shout your first name. One, two, three. I'm Saint Monty. But according to Pastor Jack's wife, this guy in the second row, he just said, I'm not going to say it. She said, well, that's Pastor Jack. He wants you to do that. He's your pastor. He wants you to just, you know, shout, I'm Saint, your first name. He said, I'm not going to do it. She said, well, why? He said, because my first name is Bernard. I'm St. Bernard. Roof. I mean, I don't know. Do you know you have the Holy Spirit interceding on your behalf according to the will of God? But do you know that you also have the Lord Jesus Christ interceding on your behalf? Scripture. The Bible says... In Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, the Amplified Version. Therefore he, Jesus, is able to save forever. That means completely, perfectly, for eternity. Those who come to God through him, since he always lives to intercede and intervene on their behalf with God. You have the Lamb of God, the sinner's Savior, the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He is interceding and intervening. Just because the miracle hasn't come does not mean it's not going to come because we have the Holy Spirit Himself interceding and we have Jesus Christ interceding and intervening. Somebody say amen. So what do we do? We don't walk by sight, we, don't let, we do not let feelings dictate our faith. We stand on the Word of God. And we know that the Holy Spirit, He'll never ghost us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He has us firmly established in His hand. Can you say amen? Would you bow your hearts? Father, we love you. Thanks for this day. Lord, thank you for the, just the meat of your word today. 
Lord, I, I just sense in my heart that there are people here who are hurting because loved ones have ghosted them. Maybe a friend, maybe even a family member. Lord, would you wrap them up in your arms? Holy Spirit, you're the helper, you're the comforter, you're the advocate. Would you just wrap them up in your arms? Just love on them. Let them know that for some, it, you protected them. You saved them from hardship. Lord, I pray that you come. Father, I, I got to believe that there's somebody here that does not know you in a personal way. Maybe they're very well acquainted with religion, but they don't know you in a personal way. They've never asked you to come into their heart to forgive them of their sin and place their faith and trust in the Jesus of the Bible. So I got to believe there's somebody here that the Holy Spirit is wanting to reveal Jesus to. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If that's you and you'd say, Pastor, would you please pray for me? I'm not where I should be with God. I need to make Jesus my Savior and my Lord today. Place my trust in Him. Pastor, would you pray for me? Can I see your hands all over the building? You just lift them high if you're here. You're not where you should be with the Lord. You need Jesus today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And you can put your hands down. Can I ask you to stand your feet all over the building? We've had several people that have responded. Can we just give them a great big hand? We just celebrate the choice that you're going to make. Father, in Jesus' name, would you do what only you can do? Reveal Jesus in your precious name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to lead you in a very simple prayer. It's a prayer I learned from my spiritual father, Pastor E.E. E. Smith. And I want you to repeat this out loud after me and every. Everyone's going to pray right alongside of you. Would you please repeat these words? Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today in Jesus' name. Father, please forgive me for the mistakes that I've made, for the sin in my life. I'm sorry and I repent. Jesus, I believe you died on a cross. You were buried. You rose from the dead on the third day. You are alive. I place my faith in you and I ask you to come into my heart be my Savior and the Lord of my life. I am now a Christian saved by grace through faith in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can we put our hands together? God bless you. Welcome. I want to end just with these final, final words. Um, um, I, I know uh, church this size, I know there are many of you that you're carrying a burden and just the thought from the word of God, more than a thought, it is the word of God that the Holy Spirit is interceding for you, Jesus is interceding for you um, I, I pray with every fiber of DNA that that brings hope courage and comfort to your life it's not just Monty, it's the word of God and the word of God is true, can you say amen we have people in the altar here. If you're going through a season or you have a situation and you just need some prayer, I would ask you to come to the altar as people are leaving in just a moment and receive prayer. Kelly and I dearly and deeply love you. And to our first-time guests, please stop by. We would love to shake your hand and meet you. We have a free gift we'd love to give you as well. 
Well, Father, thank you for this amazing day. Would you go with us? May we go in God. May we go in peace. <laughs> Jesus, you went up. You sent your spirit down. And that Holy Spirit lives in us. Would you anoint us? Father, would you give us divine interruptions to tell someone about the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ? There's a way out of your hell, your condition. There's hope. His name is Jesus. Lord, may every single one of us please be used by you in a life-altering way in the lives of those who need it most. And may your blessings rest upon us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Let's give the Lord a great big hand as you're going. Bless you. We love you. Have a great week. Get in a group this week, and uh, we'll see you Sunday. God bless you.